Stevenson Sylvester. You hear him on our show quite often. You also hear him with JJ and see him on the Game Night Live broadcast every year. And uh, you see him also doing a ton of stuff now, content-wise, for the Utah 360 app. So Sly doing it all this time of year. Welcome to the program, Sly. Thanks for being with us. Gents, how we doing? Oh, we're making it. We're hanging out at the RV show wishing we had a lot of money. I know. <laughs> That's the way to do it. That's my retirement plan, by the way. I told my wife this before <laughs> we even started plan. dating. I'm like, look. I want an RV and I want to tour the country when I'm in my 50s. That's, that's it. That's it. She's like, all right, it's a long way from there. But I'm getting closer to my 50s, so she better not back down now. Well, just she like assumed, we, she we assumed just... it wasn't going to get that serious. She's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, whatever you want. Yeah, Sly, <laughs> you're assuming a lot of things, Sly, that this is going to last until you're 50. Well, not just that. Like, if she, You said that when you started dating, and she was like, all right, yeah, sure, whatever you want. It's cool. Now, you keep the RV sure, thing pal. to yourself until you're married. <laughs> That's a deal breaker. Don't don't bring that up. The day of the day of the nuptials, she's like, "Hey, listen, you weren't serious about that RV stuff." That you're talking, were you? like, Come on, man. Uh, all right. Well, listen, we haven't been able to talk to you since the, uh, or at least I haven't been able to talk to you since the uh, Super Bowl, and uh, it was it was jam packed full of a lot of storylines. Not the least of which was the overtime rules that everyone may or may not have known. I want to know what they actually sit down and. I mean, obviously, maybe it was different for you when you were on the Steelers and going into a Super Bowl. Do they revamp and go, hey, we're sitting down and talking about overtime rules again, you guys, because you got to be up to date on them so that you make sure you know what's going on? Or is it one of those things that you could really see players go, I wasn't totally aware of what was going on, especially this year because they changed it a little bit? Definitely. I'm siding with the players on all this, and even from the Kansas City and the San Francisco side, I understand exactly what they're talking about. You guys understand, there's so many things you have to cover, so many checklists that you have to check the box on to make sure you're, you, you've got that done, especially during the Super Bowl and the timing and all of that, let alone uh, an overtime that hasn't happened since the, Ruber, since the rules were implemented. You know, uh, nobody understood that because it's like, okay, it was said it, but there was literally been no game to coach that on since that Chiefs-Bills game a few years ago. And so um, it's very hard for somebody to be like, I understood that. But, of course, the Chiefs understood it because they were the reason why the rule changed. So, yeah, they they were up on it and understood that that was a part of the checklist and, and understanding of how to handle it because they were a part of the reason why, you know, the rule changed as far as other teams who just hadn't been even in position to be even close to being in an overtime. It's so easy to understand how that was overlooked. I honestly didn't know how to handle it. If I could be honest, when the when, – um, when, when it was uh, Tony Romo and Fowler – I forgot who he was calling the game with. Um, Jim Nance. But when Jim they were Nance, going yeah, over yeah. it, G- Jim Nance, when they were going over it, I'm like, oh, do we defer? I was actually uh, confused at the moment. I wasn't sure. But normally, traditionally, from the last 30, 40 years, if you go into overtime, you want to take the ball first, go down and score, get in position to where it's not a thing anymore. And uh, that's just not the case. And so um, I definitely understand the confusion, and I would have been there too. But there's just so many things that you have to cover. And uh, and, and this, I don't think anybody was expecting it. I mean, I, I took it 20 to 17 was, was my score. And, uh, yeah, that was regulation. And um, it just went into overtime, something that they didn't expect. You know, Sly, my thoughts after the Super Bowl now are with an appreciation for the dominance of the Kansas City Chiefs winning three Super Bowls in five right. years. 
and not right, understanding right. how it's going to stop because Patrick Mahomes is 28. I know they've got some older guys and veterans they've got to figure out, Chris Jones, et cetera, but they also got some young players that are good. Andy Reid's not going anywhere. Who's going to beat this Chiefs team? How is this dynasty going to be put to an end? Only Tom Brady and one year with the Bengals. That's all that's been able to stop this team over the last five years. Who out there, what franchise is in the best position to challenge them moving forward and take them down? Yeah, I mean, uh, J.J., you're right. It's, it's such a, a great question because it's like, how? How do you stop that? You got your player at the QB position, which is what you want, right? Seeing all those years the Patriots were good, it was because they had a great QB. From all of the receivers that came through there uh, in New England, to, to how it ended, one thing that was consistent was the quarterback, you know, and that's why they went to the ship all those years. Same thing in Pittsburgh. You know, the reasons why we were contenders every year because we had one guy at the helm for 17-plus years in, in Ben Roethlisberger, right? And so um, when Patrick Mahomes is 28, been to four Super Bowls, um, you know, winning three of them uh, in, in, in the span of five years, like, how do you slow that down? That's that's a good question because, I mean, okay, Travis Kelsey can't do it, you know, forever. He's starting to uh, go down to uh, the, the latter parts of his career. But you got guys like Brock Bowers, Brant Keithy coming out that could fill that void. Uh, the tight end position is somebody who could do those things that Travis Kelsey can do. So that position can be can be fulfilled. You know, of course, they had zero receivers. So if they get any kind of receivers in the draft in a couple of years, that's going to be great. Offensive linemen are interchangeable. They've been rotating backs these last five years. And so, but Patrick Mahomes has still been there consistent. So, yeah, I agree with you. Who's going to, and they got a very young defense. They were yeah. the number two defense in the league. That defense is extremely young. How are you going to stop this attack? Andy Reid says, I'm not even close to getting uh, close to retirement. Uh, when you got those pieces in place, man, uh, you can only see uh, greener pastures ahead, man. So that's just that's uh, awesome to know that the Kansas City Chiefs will create a dynasty that I don't think will be matched for years to come. I mean, is it the Lions? Is it do the 49ers continue to make another run? Do you think there's one team with that quarterback set that is in a position to challenge them? Any team come to mind? No, I mean, honestly, I mean, you, you would have thought the Buffalo Bills can, but they just can't get over the hump. You would have thought right. the Ravens can. They just can't get They just can't get past them. Nobody can beat this guy. Brock Purdy, you know, he's got his experience. I love how young he is, and he's going to have another track at it. Uh, Jalen Hurts got to get out of his own way out there in, in Philadelphia. Uh, but, no, you really don't see anybody who can consistently compete and beat a guy like Patrick Mahomes time and time again. Like, he's proven. Like, this was the year for all of Josh Allen to a tongue of the lower, Damar Jackson, Brock Purdy to end Patrick Mahomes' reign. And you see how he took over in that fourth quarter in overtime and just he just knew that he's not going anywhere. And then in, in the parade to, to show you what a, a athletic body really looks like, uh, with his shirt off out there looking like um, uh, Will Farrow in Blades of Glory. Um, <laughs> it, it, peak physical condition. Uh, this guy, is, he's living it, and he's yeah. loving it, and he's 28, as you said, and he's not going anywhere, man. So expect the Chiefs to be on top, even if they don't win it next year. They will be in it for the next 10 years to come because he's so young. I mean, Tom Brady retired at 45. They've adjusted all of these rules to make sure that these quarterbacks live on forever. If he's 28, that's 17 more years um, that he could play essentially to to be freaking Tom Brady. 
That's crazy. Yeah. So I don't like yeah. I don't like that uh, prognostication no, at all. That's, that's not one. That's not one. That's I not good news for Broncos fans. Uh, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I was going to say JJ's the more upset about this. Uh, Sly, let me ask about. Let's move over to the uh, to these local players who got the invite to the combine. Mm. Cole Bishop, Sione Vaki, Keaton Bills, Jonah Ellis, Asata uh, Loa, Asata Lamea, also on that list, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. Those are the University of Utah guys. So tell us that time frame between getting the invite, uh, how that invite comes, and, and like, when, when these guys get the invite and where, you, where you're at, obviously, on this. I, I guess I left Devon Bailey off of this uh, list, too. But uh, tell me about the guys who are trying to fi- uh, figure this thing out right now. They got their agents dialed in. Where is their life right now? Well, it's it's all about like uh, kind of projections right now, and and how there's some guys who can do all the workouts, some guys who can't. Honestly, for a lot of guys, you, you want to take every single advantage or every single opportunity to uh, impress people. You know, you never know who's going to be that person that's over the top about you. You never know who's going to be that scout that's looking at you. As I said. I, I when the Steelers drafted me, I had no idea they were even looking at me. I didn't talk <laughs> to them at all. Not one interview, not one phone call, not until draft day when Mike Tomlin called me did I did I know that they were even interested in me. So you never know who you can impress. So don't ever take an opportunity lightly. If you got these scouts and all, everybody at 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 an opportunity to get in front of them, to talk to them, you've got to take it. So, um, I, and honestly, I didn't even know I was invited to the combine until like a week or two before the combine because my agent dropped the ball and missed the email or something, you know, back when, you know, technology isn't as great as it was. Now, I didn't, like, uh, my, uh, my invite to the combine got lost in the mail or something like that, so I didn't even know until like two weeks before. I'm like, oh, i got to get ready for this thing. And so um, the mindset-wise, I would say, like, these guys are just like, I just need to be as healthy as possible. Uh, main thing with this is I need to run a very fast time because that's what everybody talks about is this 40. How can I run? Like Braden Daniels last year, he did a great job running a 40. Um, I, I think these guys just need to do that, you know, just run a really good time, do a really good at, at one of the events, whether that's bench press, whether that's the position drills, whether that's the 40, whether that's the broad jump, or the the um, um, the vertical, whatever it is. You want to shine at something where they're saying your name, right? And um, and I think that, you know, it just take advantage of this opportunity to get out in front of people. And so proud of those guys for, for being a part of that. And it just shows Utah's being on the map, right? I think consistently every year we're getting four to six guys in the combine. And, and, and that's an amazing thing, man. So uh, I love that from where we used to be, where we weren't getting anybody in the combine, maybe one guy. Um, but it, to, to now where we're getting consistent four to six guys at the combine at a time um, is, is absolutely awesome. And uh, an NFL combine invites a pretty good indi- indication that you're going to get drafted or have a very good likelihood of getting drafted. And if it's six guys for the Utes, that's great for the program. And great for these guys. Of those six names, who do you think is going to get taken first? Oh, man. Um, honestly, I don't know because, like, it's all about which team needs and, and where they sit in the draft because the draft moves so many times with, with trades. Like, I feel like every year they set a new record for the trades in the draft, right? People trading up, trading down, um, trading side to side, Um 
but I, 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 you have no idea. But honestly, uh, depending on team needs and where the NFL is and what they're needing, I would have to say it would be Jonah Ellis. Jonah Ellis has been killing it. He's a guy that can develop into uh, a 3-4 outside linebacker. And, um, and, and, and literally, if you want to take it, look at Koamisi as his comp, right? His comparable is Koamisi. Koamisi played defensive end, but where did he play in, in Miami? He played middle linebacker in Miami. And so I think that's where Jonah Ellis lives. You know, Caden Ellis in Atlanta, he's over there playing middle linebacker, so that's a good indicator. He's got a good pedigree, his son of Luther Ellis. And so he, you can uh, move around a lot of things, and he's already at the weight to play linebacker. So I'd say he's definitely an outside linebacker to middle linebacker, depending on the scheme. So I would say, and he led the – he was in lead in the nation for a good majority of the season in sacks, so he can rush the passer. He's got a motor out of this world. Um, and then you can just invest a lot of it. Great kid, great – great um, uh, person to be an advocate for your franchise. I would say it had to be uh, Joan Ellis because I think defensive players being as athletic as he is, is at a premium, you know? And then secondly, the versatility of Sione Vaki, right? I just like that is, um, I, I think that people are salivating at what they can do because not only is he playing yep. running back, he's Stand playing slot receiver, he's playing safety, he's playing special teams. He could do everything. So I, I would say those two would be at the top of my board coming into this draft. Do you remember your uh, 40 time? I've got it in front of me. The chance to brag. Uh, no, I don't. Because uh, those four, 40 seven. times are stupid. Four, oh, I ah, thought you see. said they were important. You said 4-7 and all of a sudden you said they're they, stupid. Well, uh. they, they are important <laughs> if you can run a good time. If you can run a good time and just make an impression, we're like, oh, that guy's fast, like get somebody's attention. That's why it's important. Yeah. As far as what it does in football, I don't feel like it's important that way. Yeah, but you know what? Uh, Sly's hand size, elite, ten, over 10 inches. Oh. You have over 10 inches on, yeah. the, on the old hand ten size. 10 and a you quarter, are. baby. Oh, there you go. <laughs> don't, don't, short, don't shortchange You him. find out when you shake Sly's hand uh, that it's not it's yeah. not fake. No, so, that's a real hand. It's a, it's a real big hand. Uh, Sly, we appreciate it, man. We always love he's having no you come on. He's no, he's no Chubbs with the uh, with the no hand. Rest so. in peace, Chubbs. Uh, <laughs> Sly, we appreciate it, man. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk to you again. We'll have you on again, of course, as usual. So uh, thanks for hanging out with us. You're the you're the man. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Sly. Uh, there you go, Stevenson Sylvester.